This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History final. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh yeah, so easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. Welcome to the Full Slate NFL Week 7 Pick'em Pod. I'm your co-host, Cody Darwick, joined out in Chicago by my brother, Tyler Darwick. Tyler, you almost had a perfect uh, week last week with your picks, Jamal Williams, huh? I almost did, Jamal Williams. I guess making the smart football move, some would say. I would disagree. It was very reminiscent of the Todd Gurley play last year that was against the Packers where he had a go-ahead, or he had a clear walk-in touchdown, um, but he made the smarter football move and went down. That hurt a lot of Rams backers, and last night that hurt Packers backers, who included myself. <laughs> Packers backers, that rhymes. Uh, yeah, it, it hurt me as well, actually. I hopped on the Packers second and a half, minus four, and honestly, we were we were lucky uh, that they ended up winning that game. The, the refereeing was terrible. I know Twitter was up in arms about it, um, but a large number of uh, beneficial calls for the Packers. Lions just kind of seem like they, they'll never beat the Pack. They just don't beat the Packers. They don't. I mean, well, they don't beat the Packers when Rodgers plays because I think coming into this game, they did have some pretty good trends in recent history. They were four and one their last five, but Rogers wasn't healthy in all those games. And this is a better against Deshaun Kaiser. It's a bit of a different animal. Definitely. I mean, the officiating was pretty terrible from stuff I saw, but like the Lions had so many chances to put that game away. They had three turnover three takeaways and they weren't able to capitalize anything in the touchdowns. And even the first drive of the game, they have the big play. And then, you know, they end up, I think they settled for three on that first drive. So you, you just have to finish when you're playing the Packers in Lambeau. They just, they let the Packers hang around too long. Yeah, the Lions were the cute uh, undefeated team in the NFL for a little while. Now they are back to 500 at 2-2-1. Two, two and one. So yeah, Tyler, you were 4-1 and one last week on the picks. Um, good job by you. I'll, I'll give it to you. I'll be a bigger man here. I went to... Two and three. We both lost our locks of the week, but we are back. We're both we're four and two now. Uh, each of us on our locks. I'm not gonna lie, the Chargers broke me. Like I, they really did on Sunday night. We recorded it. I, 
I like po- dipped my toe back in the water last night by taking the Packers second half and was happy to get the push there. But I'm fully studied up on week seven, Tyler. And this is another we have another great slate. This is just the great thing about the NFL that week in, week out, you largely for the format of this podcast, we're, we're going to have five juicy matchups a week, I think. Yeah, it's a really good slate uh, this weekend and even more enjoyable. I guess we're going to the 49ers Redskins game, so we'll be in person. Mm -hmm. Hopefully the 49ers could keep it going and, you know, a nice consolation. I'll get to see you, but more excited for the game. Same. It's good to be on the same page, at least. It's important. Uh, We got some buys this week. We have four teams on buy, Tyler. Uh, The Panthers, the Browns. Uh, who need it, uh, the Steelers and the Bucks. So Jameis gets to sleep off that uh, five interception hangover. So that's good for him. Um, but let's let's get into it. The premier AFC uh, South matchup here. We got the Houston Texans going to Indy to take on the Colts. Both these teams have uh, beat the Chiefs in back-to-back weeks. Colts are one-point favorites in this one, over under 47 and a half. Tyler, both these teams come in with some momentum. Colts coming off a bye, but the Texans have won, I believe, three straight against uh, teams with winning records. Are, are you ready to pull, put your faith in Bill O'Brien on the road here and uh, be just <laughs> just fully vulnerable to all, all that comes with that? I am. I, I love the Texans in this game. If you're going to, I think last week really showed that they are a legit contender. They went into Kansas City, got down early, fought back in that game, were able to win on the road. If you're a true contender, you come back in a spot like that, and then you come in to this weekend facing a division rival coming off a bye, and you win this game. And I love the Texans, uh, plus one in this. They're 7-2 and two straight up, their last nine on the road. And Deshaun Watson, since he's been in the NFL, has been great as an underdog. He's 9-3 and three against the spread as a dog. And as a road underdog, he's 8-2 and two against the spread. So I love the Texans. The way they're playing right now, they continue to grow more confidence. They're fifth in the NFL in rushing, which is quite shocking. We're on Carlos Hyde Island. No, we're the only two probably there, but starting to gain a little momentum. He's been good. Duke Johnson's been a good pickup. Deshaun Watson hasn't been sacked the last two games, so the offensive line is improving. I really like this Texans team, so I'm all over the Texans plus one. What about you? Yeah, the the only thing here that makes me nervous, Bill Bryan on the road, uh, so 2-9 and nine against the spread, their last 11 road games against winning teams. That makes me a little bit hesitant, but you know what, Tyler? I'm, I'm in agreement with you here. The Texans really showed me something last week, the game versus the Chiefs. I know Mahomes is a little bit banged up, and uh, that defense is just terrible in Kansas City, but I like them in this spot. Um Jacoby Brissett has put together a really nice year to start the season. Uh, he's 10 touchdowns, only three interceptions. And got to throw a trend out there, Tyler, that's in the Colts' favor just to uh, keep this one balanced here. So the Colts are 4-0 straight up and against the spread their last four divisional games. They've had success. Frank Reich is a great coach. That is the one thing that makes me nervous in this one, uh, just that I think Frank Reich off a of bye has such an advantage over Bill O'Brien. But I agree. I think this is – we talked about Sean Watson before the season. We keep banging his drum week in, week out, except their little uh, 
toe stubbing against the Panthers a couple weeks back, but like he's been on another level past two games, 706 passing yards, eight touchdowns. And like you said, the running game is getting going. The offensive line may actually be getting into a groove. And I think plus one is like, I mean, it's a, it's totally a pick em. I like the Texans. I think they stay hot and they continue to roll here. I think Deshaun Watson is just, it's this is going to be one of those games where if he's going to be a top two or a top three MVP candidate, this is going to be a resume win that is just going to continue to uh keep his high profile as the season rolls on this is a big game for me uh with the futures i put in before the season so as we've oh, talked shit. about we both locked in colts um under nine and a half wins for this year and i was on texans afc south winners and texans over win total so this is a big tilt game for me so again i like the texans the colts are fourth in rushing but the texans have the eighth best rush defense sixth best best rush defense DVOA. So if they're able to slow down Marlon Mack, I Jacoby Brissett's been good, but like I still don't trust him in a game where everything around him is going to shit. Can he carry them? I don't we haven't seen that yet. So I like Deshaun as the better QB in the matchup. I think the Texans defense is starting to get back into form. So I like the Texans and another stat that's pro Texans anti Colts the Colts mm. have, have given up the fourth most uh, rush per, rush yards per attempt to opponents. So like I said, the Texans' run defense is getting better. The offensive line is getting better. And the Colts haven't been great against the run. So another component where the Texans might be able to play a little keep away and then you know take a deep shot to Will Fuller or DeAndre Hopkins. So I love the way the Texans are playing. Um, so maybe that's a sign to go against them. But I, I like <laughs> this game. Right. I think they follow the same roadmap they did versus the Chiefs. This Colts defense is definitely better than the Chiefs, but they dominated time and possession in that one. Essentially two to one. I think they had the ball for about 40 minutes. So I think I see the Texans continuing that trend and uh, staying hot. So we'll see what happens there. I kind of forgot about that Colts over bet. So, yeah, that's very much in the mix here. Uh, so we need this one. Um, next game, NFC North matchup between the team we already talked about a little bit, the Detroit Lions hosting the Minnesota Vikings. The Lions are plus one over under in this one's 45 and a half. Now, Tyler, Kirk Cousins is getting all his mojo back. I, wa- I was just watching NFL primetime before this while I was getting ready for the pod. And they're talking about how impressive this Vikings team is. They need to be taken seriously after that game versus the Bears. There's a little bit of mayhem inside the locker room. But they may have found something in in the game when I went in person to see Kirk. Um, I'm not going to say I've saved their season, but I'm not, not going to say that. Um, this, I mean, again, essentially a pick em here. Lions coming off a brutal loss, short week. Are you going to be riding Kirk Cousins uh, two weeks in a row here, Tyler? Cody, I think I am. Are you okay? Um, yeah, I'm feeling okay. You have a um, thermometer? Someone take your temperature out there? You know, like you said, I almost went undefeated last week. I was 4-1 and one in our picks. At some point, I have to put away some of my grudges. It'll come out against Kirk Cousins at some point again. Um, don't worry, but in this game, I do like the Vikings. They're 4-1 and one against the spread their last five in Detroit, and their last 12 as a road favorite. The Vikings are 9-2-1 and one straight up, 8-4 against the spread. And like I've 
when I've been pro Vikings, it hasn't more so been Kirk Cousins. It's the Vikings defense. They're one of the best in the league. They continue to dominate. They have the six most sacks in the NFL. So I mm-hmm. think they'll be able to get after Stafford. And I just, I still don't believe in this Lions team. Last night was another example of how they're just that team that always hangs around. Matt Stafford's good, pretty good, but he never makes the big plays. In the red zone, he never finishes. So I'm taking the Vikings. They're a better overall team, better coached. And Cousins is playing a little better right now. And you know what, Tyler? A huge fallout from that Lions loss. So the Lions are no longer a team with a winning record. So you know what that equals for Kirk Cousins, especially on the road. That's well, abs- that's that's a game changer for him. Well, they're two two and one. So are they under five hundred? Well, they're five hundred versus being a winning team, which we all know Kirk Cousins against a winning team is a train wreck. Um, so I think mm-hmm. that margin, I think that marginally helps here. Uh, but in the Kirk Cousins era in Minnesota, the Vikings are ten four and one against the spread as a favorite. Again, we're we're beating a dead horse here, but this team takes care of business against teams generally take care of business against teams they should beat. Uh, Lions on a short week, Vikings coming in with a lot of momentum, and then I'm I'm with you, Tyler. I think this this year in the NFL, we're seeing teams like the Patriots, like the 49ers, like the Vikings, like the Bills, teams with like really stout defenses seem to be the most consistent week in week out um defense travels right and i again lions i i was happy i was on them that game versus the chiefs it seems like that 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 game may be a turning point of their season where like they left it all on the field and two like brutal losses in a row i think we're starting to see a real matt patricia coach team and and this seems a little bit inevitable uh so i don't know the fact that this is essentially a pick i like the vikings in this spot so i think we're in agreement tyler two for two so far yeah and you mentioned the matt patricia comment there was a moment last night in the game where the packers were in the red zone you know they were at fourth down they're going to kick the field goal and the lions have 12 guys on the field Mm-hmm. Packers end up getting a first down and scoring a touchdown. So it's little things like that that still have that smell of a Detroit team. And I know there were uh, there were other missed calls, uh, you know, that were pro Packers, but still, that's just that's the only that's the Lions' fault there. You can't blame the officials in that aspect. And Matt Patricia was supposed to be a defensive guy. The Lions are giving up the fourth most yards per game in the NFL. When Cousins plays against these weaker defenses, that's when he feasts. He feasted last week on a week. Eagles defense, this Lions defense, which has some good players. Darius Slay is one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL, but they still give up a ton of yards. Ben don't break. We saw with the Patriots for years where they would give up a lot of yards and teams would move the ball easily on them. And this Detroit team isn't as good as those Patriots teams. So I think the Vikings will be able to move it. And last year when these two teams played, the Vikings won by an average of 16 and a half points. So I, I think the Vikings don't win easily, but I think they don't have too much trouble with the Lions. Yeah, it's always a little nerve-wracking when we're in uh, such agreement through two, but I like both those teams a lot. Two road teams um, in a close divisional matchup, but I think I think they get the job done there. Um, Tyler, this is one of the premier games. I'd say probably the premier game of the day slate. Uh, 
Seattle Seahawks hosting Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Seattle's three and a half point home favorites in this one. Over under is 50. Now, the Ravens are four and two. Granted, their four wins have come against teams that have a combined record of 318 and one. Uh, so clearly, they're benefiting a bit here from weak strength of schedule thus far. But Lamar Jackson continues to be one of the most must-watch players in the NFL. And obviously, Russell Wilson, we've spoke about what he's done here. He still has yet to throw an interception. He's the front runner in the MVP race to date. Um, Tyler, Seattle's 5-1. and one. You think they... This, this feels like... Seattle continues to barely win these games and pull, pull Matt in close, classic Seattle, Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll fashion... I kind of feel like they take care of business in this one against the Ravens. I think this will be our first disagreement. Um, I kind of mm. like the I kind of like the Ravens plus three and a half. You made the note Seattle keeps winning close games. I think they're due to stumble and maybe lose one of them. They escaped versus Seattle or versus uh, Los Angeles on the Thursday night game. They, you know. Probably should have lost that game to Cleveland last week if Cleveland just doesn't shoot themselves in the foot repeatedly. And you mentioned the Ravens um, haven't had a tough strength of schedule. I don't think they've looked great, but, but this just seems like a game where a John Harbaugh team comes in and plays well when you least expect it. They're eight and three against the spread. Their last eleven as a uh, underdog. Um, I just I don't know why. I have a feeling they're going to play well. Seattle's been hanging on a thread, winning these close games. And it seems like at some point they might slip and their defense hasn't been great. Um, So last week they gave up 28 points to the Browns. That was the fourth time in the last five they've allowed 26 points or more. So they're not playing great defensively. I think Lamar Jackson will be able to make some noise and run on them. And uh, if Hollywood Brown is back, that's big. So I kind of like Baltimore plus three and a half in this spot. I think Seattle is kind of due for maybe a letdown. Yes, Seattle has, they have a great track record against East Coast teams coming to visit them at home. They're 19-3 and straight up the last 22 in that spot. I do agree, their defense has been weak. They've been pulling these games out. Um, But I think, I I just think the way Russell Wilson's playing right now, that it's, it's a bit too much of a beast to handle. I do like John Harbaugh. I trust what the Ravens do. I think... I do think this is ultimately the team that will win the AFC North, um, but I, I I don't know. I just don't I don't have faith in the Ravens' defense at all. I haven't liked what I've seen out of them. Um, just a couple weeks ago, they got crushed by the Browns. So I I I liked Seattle in this spot, but Tyler, what I actually love in this matchup is the over over 50. Both Seattle and Baltimore are four and two this year. Um, Sorry, they've covered, uh, they've hit the over in four out of six games. Um, and I, I see this one being of the 35 28 sorts, uh, high scoring game, a lot of action, big plays on both sides of the ball. Um, so that's really my favorite play of this game. I'm totally with you on that. Uh, the overs 3 0 in Ravens road games this year, and the overs hit in 12 of Seattle's last 15 games. So I do think it'll be high scoring. Neither defense is as great as it's been in the past. So I think Lamar and Russell Wilson will both have big games. And 
like we said, the Ravens haven't had a great strength of schedule, but they strike me as a team that when they're playing a lesser team like Cincinnati last week or Cleveland a couple weeks ago, they're not going to they're going to play down to the competition and, you know, maybe let teams hang around. But when they're playing the better teams in the league, when it's a Seattle or the Patriots or when they played the Chiefs, they're going to play a better uh, game and play up to the competition. So that's why I like them plus three and a half. But I'm, I'm with you on the over. I think it'll be a, a shootout. Yeah, love the over 50. We're on different sides of this one. Um, but we're going to take a quick break here and then hop back in and break down a couple more matchups and give out our lock of the week. When you're selling online, getting your orders out can be a real pain. That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface. ShipStation helps you get orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep your customers happy. And right now, Blue Wire listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use promo code BLUE. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card info. ShipStation works with all the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, even Amazon Fulfillment. So you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in blue. That's ShipStation.com, then enter promo code blue. ShipStation.com, make ship happen. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about. With a real doctor who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to roman.com slash bluewire and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. All right, Cody, let's move on to the next game we want to talk about, a premier NFC matchup. The Saints going to Chicago to take on the Bears. Bears are three-point favorites, and the over-under is 38. Where are you leaning in this one? Yeah, Tyler, we we were both excited about this matchup. We've already spoken offline about it a little bit here. But uh, I I love the Saints in the spot. I have a hard time figuring out why they're three-point underdogs. the Bears have largely been unimpressive this year. Yes, they are three and two, but Trubisky's banged up. He's got a shoulder injury. Seems like it's trending towards him playing, but still up in the air at uh, at the point of our recording here on Tuesday evening. And the Saints have been an absolute wagon on the road. They're nine and two straight up their last eleven road games. They're fourteen and one against the spread the last fifteen October games. So I remember early in the season, uh, you threw some trends at me of Saints 
early week struggles. Um, but this is what they did last year where they, they got hot, like from week three, week four on through, uh, Probably about week 14, they had a, they had an, abs- an absurd streak. Um, Drew Brees still out, but this Saints defense is at another level than what we saw uh, last year. Um, just another one of these dominant defenses. There's a reason the over-under is 38. I'm not touching that one, but I like the Saints a lot, plus three. It It is scary, Tyler, though, to, to fade the Bears at home. Um, we had some success last year trailing this team at uh at soldier field and they've they've been good of late as much as you don't like your boy trubisky he plays well on his home turf yeah the bears are eight and three against the spread at home when since nagy's been the coach since the start of last year but i'm with you i like the saints i don't understand why they're underdogs i just think they're the better team i think people are still sleeping on their defense being legit the last three games they've allowed under uh, under 300 total yards per game so they're shutting teams down and when breeze went down people thought oh that they might be done but the defense has just stepped up carried them and i feel like they're taking it, it on themselves while the offense isn't at its normally level to kind of carry them you know kamara they mentioned his ankle might be an issue and he might not play. So that that is a little worrisome. But, you know, the Bears also put Akeem Hicks on IR this week. And their last game, Josh Jacobs tore them up. So I don't know if the Bears defense will be at full strength, what we've seen. And you mentioned the over-under 38. Like, I actually think I like the under. Yeah. What's the weather? Do we have a weather uh, scouting on Chicago? I could get a quick Google on right here. If you're not like same champion, it's it's been a little chilly here, but I think Sunday it's actually supposed to be nice. And 38, when you just look at it, seems like a such a low number. But like I said, the Saints defense has been great. The Bears defense at home is you know obviously another animal. It's two and I win home games this year, and this the under for the Saints is two and one on the road. And if this game ended 20 to 17, I would say that was like expected and that would be on the higher scoring of outcomes like Trubisky coming back from an injury we don't know what we're getting I don't even think it matters if it's him or Chase Daniel they're the same person Teddy Bridgewater's been good but the Saints offense isn't the same explosiveness uh, it is with Bariso I think you know it's a low total but I think it's low for a reason both these defenses are good and I like the Saints plus three, and I like Saints money line, whatever that is, because I think they win this game outright. Like we said, they start off the season slow, and then they just get really hot in October, November, and the, and I think this is another case where they just assert themselves as 1A, 1B in the NFC. Is it possible that the Saints are one of the least talked about 5-1 and one teams ever? Like I feel like nobody's talking about them. It could be. I mean, if you watch ESPN, all they talk about is the Cowboys, the Browns, the Patriots. So it, it definitely is possible. Yeah, right. Like they're five and one. The Packers, with Aaron Rodgers, the new head coach, I feel like is a, a little bit more of a is a sexier plot line there. Uh, but they just keep winning with Teddy Bridgewater, I think. I definitely thought they'd take a step back and the offense doesn't have the same level of explosiveness, but I'm I'm really curious to see actually when Breeze comes back what he looks like. Um, just given old age and the injury, like is there a world where Teddy Bridgewater what he provides for the Saints isn't that far off from what 
like a rehabbing Drew Brees looks like in a couple weeks? No, I think that's completely ridiculous. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I mean, I think Brees. I don't know. The Brees, uh, the Saints, they play the Bears this week, and then I know they have an easier game next week at home, I believe, and then they're on the bye, so he'll come back after the bye. You know, maybe when he first comes back him and Bridgewater would be pretty level, but the ceiling of Drew Brees being fully healthy and that offense clicking on all cylinders is outweighs anything Bridgewater can do. Bridgewater is playing well. He's a good stopgap. I don't think long-term he's going to provide a better output for the Saints um, than Drew Brees would. So I disagree with you. That was a nice uh, Skip Bayless hot take, though. Yeah, you'd like that. I'm, I'm I'm not saying that. Teddy Bridgewater is better than Drew Brees. I'm just saying, let's see what we have out of a 40-year-old Drew Brees here when he comes back from this injury. Um, that's that's all I'm saying. A thumb injury. It says he's progressing well. Injured throwing hand. I don't know. Just just something to monitor, Tyler. Put it put in your take bank uh, for later in the season when uh, we see how good they still are after the 49ers beat them. Okay, yeah, we'll we'll circle around that one later. Let's move on to uh, the Sunday night game, <laughs> Eagles at Cowboys. Cowboys minus three, over-unders 49.5. And, and Doug Peterson uh, added more fuel to what feels like a must-win for both teams. He said on a local radio show, we're going down to Dallas, and our guys are going to be ready to play, and we're going to win that football game. And when we do, we're in first place in the NFC East. He then kind of backtracked and said he he didn't get back, right? Yeah, he said he didn't guarantee the win. I mean, he guaranteed the win. So, like I said, Cowboys, three-point favorites, Sunday night football. Where do you lean, Cody? Yeah, Doug Peterson, a little bit of a fraud move there. If you're going to say it, you can't walk it back like 10 minutes later. Kind of like LeBron. Um, I I like the cow. I like I like the Cowboys in this spot. Uh, minus three. They've been a train wreck of late. Uh, losing to the Jets is a joke. I also saw Zeke say they asked him how how it felt to lose to the winless Jets, and Zeke was like, "I didn't know they were winless." Do you think that's actually true? Yeah, I think it's. I think it is. True. I think it could be true. Zeke seems like a guy who only cares about himself and what's going on around him. I could totally see him not following the Jets or at all. That. Yeah, that's that's wild. I mean, I have to imagine it came up at one point during uh, meetings that the Jets were winless. But okay, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about gambling angles. Uh, the Eagles are also three and three. They're two and four against the spread. Um, this is the kind of game where Dak Prescott, he hasn't looked the same as he did the first couple games. But luckily for him, he has the right secondary coming into Dallas. Uh, the same secondary that made Kirk Cousins look like, um, I'm going to say, a top eight quarterback in the NFL um, last week. But I think I think Dak will be able to move the ball. He'll have success. Um, the Eagles, I I just like, I, I'm just not buying this team. They talk a lot. They were talking before the uh, the Vikings game. Doug Peterson continues chirping. At this point, we're a couple years removed from the Super Bowl. I, I need to see more from them. And the thing is about Dallas, yes, they've lost three in a row. 
but it's been by a combined 14 points. It's not like they're getting blown out in these games. Um, something to monitor, though. Mark Cooper is is banged up. If if he can go, that's just something to keep an eye on. But I I like Dallas at home in this spot. I Sunday night football. I see a lot of Jerry Jones in the in his box high fiving his sons and uh, having a grand old time. Yeah, if you if you watch ESPN Fox Sports, this is like the game they're talking about. It's only week seven, but it seems like whoever wins this game is going to win the division. Whoever loses is done for the year, which isn't true. The NFC East is always so up and down. I'm going to have to disagree with you, though. I kind of like the Eagles in this spot, plus three. I just realized I've taken every road team this week, which if you've actually looked you looked at the trends this year i think that favors me yeah. um overall eagles are four and one against the spread their last five as a road underdog doug peterson he is starting to irritate me um th- what he did last week with the vikings with the fake uh field goal talking this week then treading it back like just commit to it and he's just you know he, they won the super bowl he's getting a little he's getting a little uh, balloon head headed but I, I do like the eagles in this game the cowboys so i they're they're tied for fourth worst in takeaways. Their defense has not been causing turnovers. And in their last three games, which they've lost, they've scored a combined nine points in the first half of games, and they're allowing 16 points per game in the first half. So they're getting off to awful starts. And I just kind of criticized Doug Peterson. But if you're matching him up versus Jason Garrett, and you're saying which one of these guys can get their teams motivated for a must-win Sunday night game, 100 times out of 100, I'm going with Doug Peterson. The players love playing for him. There's a Jason Garrett clip that went viral of him trying to high-five the Cowboy players coming to the sideline. No one would give him a high-five. I think this team is starting to tune out Garrett after, like, year 20. It seems like he's been on the hot seat. So I like the Eagles in a must-win game. I trust that coaching staff more. I know their secondary has been shoddy, but their run defense is still legit. So I think they'll be able to slow down Zeke. The thing with this Jason Garrett era is every year we get to this point and every year it finds a way to hang on and coach well enough to keep his job or remind Jerry Jones of the blackmail he has on him uh, to keep his job. One of those two things. Um, the The point on the Eagles rush defense is a good one, but I'm, I just buy Zach, uh, Dak in the spot. I think he's going to be able to get right against this team with Amari Cooper without, I have faith in Michael Gallup. I, 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 I don't know. This is a tough one for me, but I like the Cowboys at home. I think Sunday night football, the fans are going to be fired up. They're going to be ready to go. And I, I just, I think these teams are pretty even. I like, I like the home team. Yeah. I mean, I think Amari probably not playing is a huge factor. He gets that offense going. Michael Gallup is a nice receiver, but we saw last week when, Amari came out of that game. It's not the same offense. And you mentioned uh, Jason Garrett finds a way to coach coach out of it. I just don't see it in this scenario. I think, you know, the Eagles talk a lot. There's also a lot of noise about the Cowboys. They were the team all offseason outside of the Browns, I would say. That was in the headlines every day about the Z contract, the Amari contract, the Dak contract. So there's always a ton of noise around them as well. They don't get off to hot starts in these games. So I like the Eagles. I just think I still believe in the Eagles' talent on that roster to turn it around. And Dallas just hasn't hasn't shown me enough to this point 
um, to make me think they could win a must-win game. Yeah, it should be interesting. One one quick side note on the Eagles. Uh, fellow former uh, Full Slate contributor Ethan Greenberg sent me this tweet. So it was basically like a thread of three tweets. So Eagles linebacker Zach Brown identifies Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins as probably the weakest part of their offense. So this happened, uh, obviously, before the game. Kirk threw for four touchdowns. And uh, yesterday, Eagles released linebacker Zach Brown, per source. So uh, I, I guess a belated Grandpa Billy's bum of the week to Zach Brown. Tough, tough stretch for him. I saw he got cut. Um, so, yeah, Kirk Cousins is costing people jobs. That's not someone I could get behind um, if he's going to be doing that. But, yeah, that... <laughs> rougher week for that guy but like i said i like the eagles you like the cowboys let's move on to our locks of the week i'll let you get started all right so lock of the week trying to get back on the horse um after getting knocked off last week pretty pretty viciously by the chargers um i'm definitely not taking a sunday night football game this week my lock of the week um the game i'm going with this is actually going to be my first total on the season um, and I'm going with the over in the Cardinals-Giants game. Tyler, you joked that you thought we'd have the same lock of the week. Is that the case? Uh, we do not. Okay, we do not. Confirmed. Um, so here are a couple trends for you, Tyler, why I like this. The Cardinals have hit the over in four out of their six games this year with that fast-paced offense that they're running through Kyler Murray. They've really hit their stride offensively. Uh, hitting the over in three of their last four. The Giants are well-rested after actually, like, the final score in that Pats game was a little bit deceiving. It was interesting for a point in time. Um, They played that game without many of their playmakers. Saquon Barkley, Evan Ingram were both at practice yesterday, and it's still TBD on whether those guys play or not, but it seems like they're trending towards getting at least one of Shepard, Ingram, uh, and Barkley back, if not more, um, which is huge for Daniel Jones. They already have Golden Tate, who had a big touchdown last week. Um, the weather is going to be good at the Meadowlands, Tyler. It's going to be points weather. It's looking like 60 degrees and sunny on Sunday. And the cherry on top of all this, the over 49, is the fact that the Cardinals are the fourth worst defense in the NFL in terms of points allowed, and the Giants are the sixth worst. Um, so I think all these things combined, plus you have two young quarterbacks, two rookie quarterbacks who I think are going to kind of want to have that alpha dog mentality of trying to prove and assert themselves as being the best quarterback in the draft. So I think they're going to be aggressive. And I think that's a good thing in multiple dimensions because it could lead to more big plays, but it could also lead to some turnovers, which, uh, quick turnovers are, are positive when it comes to over-unders. Um, maybe maybe you've got a pick six, something like that in this one. So I'm taking the over 49 and uh, cheering for points. Yeah, this totally shapes up as a game when you're looking at the slate that just like, oh, this is going to be a terrible game, two bad teams, and it turns out to be super exciting, and you're like, this is why the NFL is the best. So I, I do like your pick with the over there. 95% of the money is on the over, so... Oh, God. A little, a little bit of a square pick, I would say. But, um, no, it's a good one. I, I, I agree with everything you said. Where did you the get de- that 95% number? That, uh, seems I, outra- that seems outrageous. 
Action Network. That's what I'm looking at right now. Yeah, um, well, if they're a future sponsor of the pod, I will have to cut that out. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm on at 49. This feels like a red zone game that it's you're constantly going to be cutting to it, and it's going to be Kyler Murray or Daniel Jones, like something ridiculous happening. I agree, and it seems like the Cardinals in all their games. I don't have a stat to back this up. Should have <laughs> looked it up. Um, but it seems like they're always like scoring a lot in the second half of games. They're either get down big or something happens and they're always coming back and scoring and garbage time is great for an over. So I think you'll have some success there. It seems like Saquon is trending towards playing. So that's a huge get for you. Uh, this seems like a game where he comes back and puts up a ton of yards and a ton of fantasy points. And people are like, okay, this is why I took this guy number one. So for all the reasons you said, I like it. Uh, Giants are rested and Daniel Jones probably comes in with a chip on his shoulder uh, with the draft and how that all played out. So I'm going to move on to my lock of the week. I'm going back to the fountain last year that I kept hitting up. It never worked for me. So it makes sense. I'd go back to it. Um, I like a road favorite this week and and it's um, the Rams minus three versus the Falcons. Oh my God. So, the Rams come to this game having lost three in a row has never happened under Sean McVay. Things are falling apart. The offensive line is banged up. Gurley missed last game. They did just trade for Jalen Ramsey. I, I was eyeing this before the game, before we did the pod and before the trade uh, happened, but that only makes me a little more confident. So the Rams are five and zero against the spread. Their last five on the road. They're also 5-0 and against the spread and straight up in Eastern time zone games under McVay. So it's not a spot where a West Coast team goes east and they struggle. They do play well in this spot. And in a dome, I think this is a perfect spot for them to get their mojo back. The Falcons have the second least sacks in the NFL. They're allowing the second most points with 31. And they've only had four takeaways. So Atlanta's defense is terrible. Dan Quinn... I hope this is his last game because that probably means the Rams blew them out. I think this is a great game for the Rams to get back on the right page, get their offense going, and get some of that mojo back. They play Atlanta this week, and then I believe they play Arizona or a lower-tier team next week. So they have a spot to get back to 5-3 and three when it feels like all is lost. They have a couple cupcakes. So I think this is a game where they take out a lot of their frustrations. This game scared me. I, I saw that number. Um, I admire your uh, braveness to basically look this one in the eyes and stare into the eye of the storm and take it. 70% of the bets are on the Rams. Um, and that's less than 95%. So congrats. That seems like a more optimistic uh, move there. But yeah, I don't know. There's something, again, uh, we've spoken about the Falcons in the past. That is just terrifying. I wrote them off after last week. I gave them one last go in that game versus the Cardinals. You just never know. You just never know. But I like the trends you spotted um, in terms of McVay on the road and his success in in the East Coast time zone. Um, And is it confirmed that Jalen Ramsey's going to play this weekend? I'm not sure. This it just broke two hours ago, so I couldn't yeah. tell you that. But so we don't, yeah, we don't know that yet. We don't know, but I, but I think their defense 
you know, they played well last week versus the 49ers. It was the offense that struggled. So I think McVay is probably pissed off the way they played last week and will come in with a really good game plan. And another reason I like the Rams, the Falcons are absolutely awful at the beginning of games. This is why Matt Ryan's stats always seem better than they are because they're always playing from behind and in garbage time. So this season, Atlanta's given up 17 points uh, per game in the first half, which is uh, bottom three in the NFL. The last three, they've given up 20, and they're 28th in scoring in the first half. So they're getting off to awful starts in these games. Their defense sucks. Dan Quinn's a terrible coach. So I like I love the Rams to just take out all the anger they've built up over the last few weeks, all the negativity they've heard, and just take it out on this awful Falcons defense. Yeah, it's it's the ultimate get right spot for a team that is coming in on a three game losing streak. And Gurley, it seems like Ian Rappaport said there's a chance he plays in week seven, which would certainly help you here. Yeah, it definitely would help. Even if it's Daryl Henderson or Malcolm Brown, I have enough confidence in those guys to be pretty good because this Falcons defense has made everyone look amazing. And the Falcons are one in five against the spread this year, which is tied for worse in the NFL. So the Falcons are getting, still getting some love, I think. Uh, people aren't ready to give them up. So I love the Rams. You love that total. Um, I think that's all we got for this week. I think that's it. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.